Welcome to the Power of Being You podcast, where we interview people who are out in the world creating change by being authentically themselves. Come along with us as we discover tips and tools that you can use to shine your brilliance even brighter. I'm Sarah Grandinetti, and I'm excited to explore the power of being you. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Power of Being You podcast. My name is Sarah Gardinetti, your host, and today I am joined by the beautiful Susie Godsey. A little bit about Susie. Um, As a small kid, Susie did not know what to do with her awareness or of animals. She started walking imaginary dogs to make sense of the information she received all the time. All the possible jobs that were available at the time involving working with animals never seemed like they matched the energy of what Susie knew was possible. It started first to click when she became a dog walker in California. She even had an appearance on Caesar Milan's show, The Dog Whisperer. When access consciousness came into her life, the energy she perceived as a child was finally matching her awareness. Now leading animal communication classes in far-reaching places from a Japanese zoo to the South African wilderness and beyond, Susie does not discriminate. Everyone and everything has something valuable to say if you're quiet enough to listen and hear. She heads up the global classes called Talk to the Animals, continuing and expanding upon the classic book by Gary Douglas, which has helped thousands have more clarity and ease with the animals they live with and love. Something that most anyone, or sorry, something that most anyone who has met Susie will tell you is that she is a wealth of awareness and a wealth of authenticity and a wealth of empowerment. From her work with animal communication, with bodies, to the technical side of access consciousness, in her no-nonsense way, she brings people to know so much more is possible. There is something in her nature that makes you want to open up and know it's safe when you do. She brings this to every interaction and every class she facilitates. This might be my favorite bio. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. I had no idea you were going to read that whole thing. <laughs> well, that's what I was, that's what I was saying is like when it just matches and it's fun, I go for it. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and thanks for having me, Sarah. I'm really excited. <laughs> oh, I'm so grateful to have you here. And you, you know, you were one of my like first friends in access. I would, I would say like when I wasn't really doing a whole lot of access consciousness, but was just kind of hanging out for a while, like you were always such an invitation to me and um, I'm just so grateful. Um, so the (laughs) burning question, as we read in your bio, um, can you talk a little bit about that knowing as a child and not knowing what to do with it? And then how, like, what I love is when you talked about how all of that came back when you got the tools, can you talk Mm. a little bit about that today or to start? Yeah. I mean, to me, it, you know, it's really like as a kid, I didn't know what to do with any of this stuff, you know, and, and a lot of people made me wrong for stuff too, of course, you know, cause I was weird. Like I would literally walk through the streets and calling out names out loud of my imaginary dogs, you know, I mean, can you imagine like people probably thought I was nuts, you know, and I probably am nuts. Like, so, (laughs) Uh, but as a kid, you don't know how to deal with that. You just, you just deal every day. And I don't really get that you, I had no tools, so I didn't know what I was even perceiving. I mean, it, it was kind of normal, but I knew I wasn't normal. So, and then, but then I knew I wanted to do something with animals my whole life, because that was a major thing that I knew I wanted to do. And yet, 
you know, at the time, there was no internet. Can you believe it? This is how old I am. Um, so, you know, there was no I, internet at my time either, girl. <laughs> we're old, Sarah. We're old. <laughs> but so, you know, um, in order to kind of find like a job that might fit what I knew, I went to the, I went actually to the city and did like a job um, consultation thing that you could do for free. And, you know, and I was kind of describing what I wanted to do. And the guy just looked at me and went, what? <laughs> and he said, well, you could become a vet. And I was like, uh, no. And he said, well, you could become a zookeeper. No, you know, like, I mean, all yeah. the suggestions that were available, like none of that really matched what I wanted to be or do. Even studying biology was so off the mark still you know and and so i just kind of went okay i guess whatever i want to do doesn't exist so i'm just gonna do something completely different so Mm. i kind of just fell into photography because my stepdad was a photographer and so i just went that route and then but that brought me to santa barbara which unbeknownst to me was the home of uh, gary douglas and then also you know dane moved there and they met and you know i moved there many many years before they even met and and then you know but that's how i discovered access was because of the basically just being in that town i think and my best friend at the time was uh, shannon o'hara's roommate and so i fell into access yeah and you know what her name is destiny so destiny brought me to access you know (laughs) truly i didn't know that that's so cool That's so cool. Um, so have you ever facilitated a child around their awareness with animals? I'm curious. I'm just mm. that popped to ask you. Can yeah, I, I actually several, and it's very interesting because a lot of kids I could realize, or what I realized with kids, which was interesting to me, I didn't expect was that they were, um, a lot of times really wanting to deny what they know. Yeah. And, uh, and they would, they kept, they would say to me, yeah, no, nah, nah, or just walk away or not really even have a lot of interest. And I thought that's interesting. Um, and I don't know if I would have been the same as a child. I really don't have a clue, you know, because uh, I think you're so as a kid, you're trying to fit in more than anything else, I think, in a way. And so if somebody comes and gives you a different possibility, you're probably like, Oh God, let me get, you know, this is getting me even further away from normal than I want to be. So no, I'm not having any of this. (laughs) Yeah. I I know that one. Oh, too well. Um, (laughs) as a parent, um, because (laughs) I know like in talking to like the other, the other specialty in access consciousness, talk to the entities. Um, I started to see the clues of like, when my kids would like hear voices or be talking, just talking to inanimate objects in the way that you know, you could tell there was something around. Is there some, some thing that you can give parents right now that would maybe give them an awareness if they wanted to empower their kids with these tools or with their awareness of talking to animals? Is there something, some clue or something that you could talk about? Well, in a way, I would say as a parent, the more you can be yourself, the, that's really the, that's really what you can be for your child. So don't try to force a tool on your kid, use the tools, you know, be the tool. And then that that's the invitation or not. And you cannot, 
you cannot force them as you know sarah you have a few of them um yeah. i mean you cannot force them into anything it's basically just like with your animals too yes you can try to force your animals but it doesn't really work so you can be an invitation and that's really that's really the only thing you can be and and being authentic is the only way that you ever be an invitation because if you if you doubt what you're doing and you're trying to convince someone else that they should do it they perceive that energy and they're like what are you doing this is crazy like, I'm, what you know so yeah and how be... much does that relate to like working with animals that you do because i just saw that in a totally different light than i ever have before because i know that with me like my kids will call me right out and be like <laughs> um right now i've empowered them like some might say too much but i don't believe that but they'll go like who are you being right now you know i'm like oh okay so is that does that transfer to working with animals in the way that you do um not quite because animals they are usually themselves so they don't they don't really they don't try to put on a, a different hat or they don't try to pretend something they're not um, but they can get confused like if you if you keep asking them for something they cannot deliver or they don't know what you're asking for because you're not really being congruent in the way you're asking yeah. that can lead to confusion but it's never because they give themselves up it's yeah. more like they actually just are confused you know and so that can create some havoc too um yeah so but they're not yeah anyway blah blah <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Um, because we, you know, we have a lot of people that listen to this podcast that might not have ever done an access class. So to even mm. just explore this in the way that you are already is really freaking cool. Um, <clears throat> so I, I have like, a, it's a personal question wrapped up into what else is possible that you could share. So I know that a lot of us like to project like emotions on our animals mm. and are like, Oh, like he must be sad or he, so I had a, a older dog just passed. She was 18 years old. And, um, my dog that's still in the house is acting different, definitely. And, but there's all these like people emotions that are being projected on the dog. And so I'm just wondering if you can talk about how we try to like, I want to say like humanize animals mm-hmm. and, um, a little bit about that. Yeah. Cool. Um, that's actually great because, you know, the one thing that I find so interesting is that this fight between do animals have emotions or not, you know, and that was one thing when I grew up, you know, a lot of times it was basically being told like, oh, animals don't have emotions and animals don't feel anything and, and they don't have feelings. And, you know, if you've ever lived with an animal, you know, that's not true. And, you know, but there was this weird thing, well, we cannot keep treating animals the way we are right now. If we, if we actually acknowledge that they have feelings, then we have to change something. So I think there was always this fear, like, oh God, how are we going to really deal with all this animal stuff we're doing in the world if we finally acknowledge that they have feelings? Well, so in a way it's like, Thank goodness that finally we're acknowledging animals have feelings and we're starting to look at how else can we treat them and be with them in the world. And with that came the thing of, well, they have our feelings. And that's really where we go completely array, you know, because it's really not true. They don't have the same feelings we have. Why? Because we always come to conclusion with our feelings. We always go into judgment. We always have some kind of... um, thing that we attach to it some meaning and that's where animals are different you know they have a feeling but it it's not the same meaning so for example your dog acting different because the other dog is gone yeah of course um it would be weird if your dog 
would just not even notice, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hello. So yes, of course, something is different, but what do we do with it now? You know, and that's when, like you say, we start to project on them and we go, oh my God, my animal must be sad because that's what you're supposed to do when someone dies, you are supposed to be sad. So now you're projecting the sadness and your animal is aware. So your animal goes, oh, interesting energy. Oh, what is that? Oh, okay. So, and then they try to actually become that because to them, it's like a request that you have, like the request to be sad. Oh, so I'm supposed to be this energy now. Okay, I can do that. And then it gets weird because they're actually not sad, but now they're acting even more sad <laughs> because you have now concluded that that's what should be. So it becomes really convoluted in that way where we have to be willing to actually just acknowledge what is, you know? So instead yeah. of projecting sadness is what's going on for our dog, we can actually just be with that energy and go and just acknowledge them like, hey, yeah, so-and-so is gone. Okay, cool. How's that for you? And really just even by asking that question, even if you don't really know what the animal is saying to you, just acknowledge they are responding energetically to your ask. So when you're asking a question, there will be an energetic response always. If you know what that is or not, doesn't matter, but then just acknowledge there was a response. So, yeah. and then just being with that and also like, hey, can, can I assist you somehow with this? You know, what is it actually that's going on for them? Sometimes they miss the the playfulness that they had with the other animal or, you know, whatever it might be. And it, again, it's not like this devastating, I miss my friend, you know, yeah. um, but more of an acknowledgement like, yeah, I had fun with this other being and now it's not here anymore. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Now what, you know, yeah. <laughs> so. I, I love um, what you said there about like when you project, they'll perceive the energy and then look at like what I'm, I'm messing up your words right now. So you can correct me, okay. but, um, like almost look at like what they require to be for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I've heard you talk about how, especially dogs will go into like healing the person or showing them what's going on with their body. And, um, like I recently had a hair client over and, and he was talking about his animals and what was going on with them. And, and I just like, like softly dropped a little, have you had, have you had a physical lately? <laughs> like it <was> maybe too much, <laughs> but, um, can you talk a little bit about that? Because since hearing you say that, um, and like in the talk to the animals book by Gary Douglas as well, it, um, it has been so wild to how many experiences that I've had in, in life outside of people who do access consciousness that have had an animal like die just before or just after they died of the exact same thing and that mm -hmm. no one's putting this together. Like it's, so can you talk a little bit more about that for our listeners, I guess is what my question is. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is true for all animals, but dogs in particular see themselves as, as our protectors and healers a lot of times. And so some dogs may do that a bit more, um, dynamically than others, but the interesting part to me is like bodies don't have a point of view about being sick. Like, again, it's us who, who make that into a judgment and make that into a wrongness because we see any kind of illness as a wrongness. We never see it as something that is like information or um, something that we could actually accelerate from. It's always something that is seen as a devastation of sorts. And that's actually what, what starts to create 
some energetic havoc here too because bodies could if we had if we all had no point of view about any of this really truly if we were living in no point of view about this um bodies would exchange with each other with total ease and would assist each other in all kinds of things you know and i could also see that a dog for example healing its owner's body at that point could just go without anyone even knowing whatever happened you know um they could just possibly change the energy and then all would be gone but the interesting part is too like of course if you are creating disease and that's one of the things that a lot of people get really upset about because in access we talk about you know you create something like that in your body and of course if you're ill the last thing you want to hear is that you have created that you know and and that is something also that it's not about blame it's really about the acknowledgement okay so what energy have i invited into my life here and what is that all about um and that sometimes is a question that we don't wish to ask but so when our dogs start to assist our bodies in that moment then we might actually notice that in our dog and then a lot of people react with well i don't want my dog to get sick because i am sick I don't want my dog to do that. This is, you know, and they can see that their dog is quote unquote suffering. But the suffering and all of that is because the acknowledgement about the energy that actually created all that is not 100% there. And I know it's, this is sounds like cut and dry or black and white. It's really not. There is a lot. Um, we could talk about this for hours and um, there's lots of nuances in there and there's a lot of, um, yeah, things that, you know, are playing a role in this. One thing I can encourage you, though, if you have a dog that is having something going on with their body that you also have going on, don't try to stop your dog from healing you, but just acknowledge them and say, wow, thank you so much for the contribution you're being to my body. And then just letting them know, hey, look, can you please just let my body also deal with this? Because then it's easier for me to actually respond to what is going on. If you are taking it away and out of my body, I may not be able to really fully address it for myself. So you can you can go that route um, and assist maybe you and your dog. But the thing with any disease is what if you really shine the light of consciousness on all of that and what that means is please have a look at it you know what's going on are you are you trying to get out of something are you trying to avoid something in your life are you trying to manipulate i know as a kid i i was sick a lot and it was a great manipulation you know because there was lots of things i couldn't do and lots of things i didn't have to do and so that actually worked for me and you know, and it wasn't till access and I really got a different perspective that I recognized, oh, I'm actually not a victim of some act from the outside, but I somehow invited this myself. And, you know, and that's like, oh, okay. (laughs) You know, it just is a totally different way of being in the world and like i said it's not black and white so please don't make yourself wrong either if you are sick right now or you have something going on with your body please don't go into i am wrong right now because that's not what i'm that's not what i'm saying either um 
and just please have a look at what else haven't I, what else have I not been willing to acknowledge here that maybe I could know. And I, thank you so much for that. That's so eloquent. Cause it is so easy to hear. Like, I remember the first time Dane said to me, well, what did you do to create this? And I'm talking Dr. Dane here. You've heard about him on this podcast. He's um, my older brother and also the um, co-creator of access consciousness. So, um, and I was like, what? And I think I was on the phone and I was like, I'm going through a tunnel. Like, how could I have created this? This is the last thing I want, you know? <laughs> um, and I had so much defense about that, that question. And um, but then as I have continued to play with the tools, looking at being the creator of something means I'm also the changer of something, you know, like I, it's like, are you in the, the, the passenger seat or do you finally get to get in the driver's seat and like, where would you like to, to drive this bus? That is your life. That is your body. And it is really empowering, but you really do have to walk around that a couple of times, maybe to like, to, to see that as empowering. Um, so thank you so much for that. Um, I, I have a few people that send in some questions to you. Um, so how do you, how would you approach, um, destructive behavior? Like if an animal is just refusing to air quotes, I'm going to say it because I know you're going to be able to redirect it, like follow the rules, you know? So like, what is it that, um, that how do you handle that? And what, what information can you give to our listeners for that? Yeah. Well, the very first question I think you always have to look at is like, what is this? You know, because already when we say destructive behavior, there's a judgment in it because yes, it's destructive behavior. So there's all of that, you know, which already means like the dog is doing something I don't want them to do. They're ruining something of mine, which I don't want them to ruin, whether it's your garden or your couch or whatever. Um, and, you know, and so the, the dog, the there's the problem. The dog is the problem, you know, so there you go. Um, so please have a look at this, you know, what is going on here? Who are you dealing with? A lot of dogs that have this kind of behavior are usually either very sensitive or very active. And are they getting what they require for their body? So for example, do you have a super athlete at home that you're asking to sit still for six hours while you're at work? uh is that working for this animal you know uh, just imagine if you constantly wanted to move and you couldn't sit still and you like almost had a twitch because life was just like so exciting and like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god what am i gonna do now and <laughs> you know if that was your life and then someone said to you sit and you're like uh, for three seconds and then you're like okay and now what and now what you know so um please have a look at that because you want to in that moment really acknowledge your animal okay cool so wait a minute am i giving you what your body is asking for and that might be a no and so you might have to have a look at that hey do does my dog need to go to doggy daycare or do i need to hire a dog walker or am i moving my dog enough you know when i i had this one dog that i i was volunteering at the shelter a long long time ago when i was living in santa barbara and there was this one dog that nobody wanted to go in because she was nuts and you know and i just went in there and i would walk with her but i could tell that she she would sometimes look at me and i would be looking at her going huh interesting like i could see you eating me also hmm 
okay, let's not have that today. Let's walk a little more. And so I would just move her more diligently when she started having that weird look in her face. And so one day the the guy who runs the shelter comes to me and he says, hey, look, I'm just going to be brutally honest with you. This dog is going to be euthanized next week unless you foster her, basically. (laughs) So I said, oh, okay, well, I'll foster you. Okay, cool. So I took this dog and I walked this dog. I got up at 3 a.m. in the morning, went to the beach because nobody was there at 3 a.m. And I walked for three hours and I walked the dog off leash because as a foster mom, you're not supposed to let your dog off leash, you know? And so at 3 a.m. I figured, hey, probably nobody's going to bother me. So I had her off leash. That dog would run by me. So I would walk the beach. Now we have one beach that you can walk forever. So the dog would run by me. Then I wouldn't see her for five minutes. Then she would run by me this way. Then five minutes later, she would run by this way. Then five minutes later, she would run by for three hours. Wow. And I was exhausted and we would come home and she would still be standing there going like, now what are we going to do? I couldn't believe it. I did that for four weeks before that dog started to actually be able to sit down. Wow. So, you know, I'm just saying sometimes you underestimate like what's going on in your dog's body. And that dog turned out to be a fantastic dog, you know, but she was just so penned up. I mean, and she was starting to nip people. I mean, she did not know what to do with her energy. So sometimes it could be that, you know, just Mm -hmm. simply is your dog just so full of energy and there is absolutely no outlet. And then the other thing with this kind of behavior could also be that your dog is super nervous when you leave the house and they just get so nervous that they also don't know what to do with themselves. And, and in that case, what you can do is, is really play a lot more with the energy, like allow yourself to stay connected to your animal. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people forget to do or try to actually not do because they think, oh, if I sneak out of the house, maybe my animal won't notice. (laughs) We do that with kids too. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but it's the opposite. So please include your animal energetically, embrace their energy, bring that energy with you to work, leave your dog at home, but bring their energy along when you go to work. Also leave your energy there or basically flow energy to them. You know, if you don't know how to do it, just ask for it. Okay, I'm going to flow massive energies to my dog now. Okay, flow, 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 flow. So then when you're at work, keep flow, flow, flow. And then you can pull their energy. Okay, my dog, I'm pretending my dog is here with me now, you know, energetically. So if you do that, your dog is going to get way, way, way more calm because all of a sudden they can perceive where you are and what you're doing. And to them, that's important. They're a pack animal. Dogs are pack animals. They're not designed to stay home alone. That's really something we're asking of them. That's not their normal state. Now, granted, most dogs are fine with that, but then there are those rare few that really have an issue. And when that's the case, you have to be willing to ask. So what's going on here? Can I change it? And if that's a yes, how do I change it? This is, this is so interesting to me how much this cross-reference with parenting. Like I I knew that, like, I know that we call our babies our fur babies, but it's so similar. And hearing you talk like that is like, even looking at what, 
like our kids that we refer to in access as our X-Men kids, we're trying, if we shove them into, you know, a corner of, Hey, act like everybody else so you don't get judged or whatever. And the, the relation to that being like, Hey, acknowledge they're a pack animal. And you're asking them to do something that isn't actually natural for them in, in their genealogy. I don't know. Genealogy. Is that a thing in their, in their makeup, really in their makeup and they're in their makeup. We'll go with that. Um, thank you for that. Cause it addresses another question about like the separation anxiety that someone had. So I love that. Um, so can you, another question that a few people had that were similar was, um, as far as like animals getting along and how bad, like if we bring in a new animal and they're not really getting along, um, how do you, how would you approach that? (laughs) That's a great question. Um, so again, you know, one thing we forget to do when we bring in another animal is to actually ask our animal that is already living there if that works for them. Um, we assume things and please guys don't assume, you know, a lot of times we go, oh, my poor animal is alone at home. I'm going to get a partner for that animal. Please ask them first if they would like a partner because <laughs> these assumptions are often completely off and and they are really not true and the animal is quite content and they're not asking for another companion and sometimes they are but please ask and then get them involved in looking for the energy of that other animal that's coming not their physical appearance not their size not their kind but the energy ask for an energy that is congruent with your family because you're bringing in an energy yes it comes in form of some kind of animal but it's an energy and every breed has lots of individuals that have different energies please go with the energy and i may say the word energy just one more time so you actually have a look at this because it's really super important Um, you want to make sure that this new energy comes in and is actually easy to integrate and it has to work for you it has to work for anybody else who lives in your household human wise it has to work for your animals as well and you have to be willing to really play with that a little bit and see what works now sometimes you also get you know presented with something like for example when my cat paul came into my life i wasn't planning to have a cat you know it wasn't like i was asking anyone else beforehand you know how would you feel if we added a cat to our lives no he just one day just was literally plopped into my hand and i was like uh okay (laughs) so you know and that integration um i had to work on it you know with my pack but one rule i have in my pack is friendly everybody has to be friendly I don't ask anyone to be friends with anybody else because that's rude. You know, I can't ask anyone to be friends, but friendly I can ask for. So that's a rule here in my household, friendly. And that goes for anybody. So that goes in any direction. Um, and I will I will keep a tap on it. Like if somebody is being unfriendly, I will basically also go, uh-uh, this isn't working. No. And and there is there is that so i have to say most of the time everybody is friendly every now and again somebody snaps at someone and i just have to go <clears throat> you know and then they're like oh, okay fine whatever um so it it works really well when you're clear on what it is that you're asking for um but so if you have two animals that are absolutely now not getting along you know please first of all 
acknowledge energetically that you probably didn't ask animal number one if it wanted number two. So please acknowledge that first and really actually apologize to them and say, hey, look, I am so sorry. I did not ask you at all. I just brought this other thing in here and asked you to deal with it. And here it is. And I thought you guys would be friends and now you hate each other. Hmm. Okay, cool. So now what are we going to do with this? You know, and I had a lady once who had um, two cats and she brought in a dog and that dog started taking over and started chasing the cats and started being mean. And then so I sat her down and I said, so, okay, so what's the deal here? What is the what is the actual deal here? So are you would you give up any of these animals? And if it was so, which one would you give up? And she said, well, I would give the dog back because the cats were here and they're really dear to me. And this dog is being very disruptive. And so I would give that dog up. And I said, well, have you told the dog? And she said, no. And so I said to her, well, just right now, let's make this really clear. Hey, dude, if you keep acting this way, you're going to leave. You right now are trying to get the cats to be thrown out, but the cats are staying. So with your behavior right now, what you're creating is that you're going to be thrown out of this family. So if you would like to live here, you have to change your way of being with all of this. And it was so funny. She called me the next day and she said, totally different dog. Totally different dog. Got that immediately and obviously wanted to stay. So, um, you know, so be willing to really lay it down, but don't tell them a story. If you're not willing to give them back, don't tell them you're giving them back because they don't understand English or German. They understand energy. So if you're saying, you know, I will bring you back to the shelter, but inside you're like, oh, I could never do that. Don't make that threat. It's not going to work, you know. (laughs) Gary <laughs> said this exact same thing about our kids on the parenting series I just did. So don't make empty threats if you're not willing to follow through. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> and I love the thing you said too. Um, I have totally been this person. Um, and I felt like we were doing a relationship class at that point because you were like, you know, choose from the energy that'll create for your life, not the the look and the aesthetic and the breed and the like, you know, the image you want with your pet, but more, you know, the energy and that can go for so many things. So thank you. (laughs) Um, So Susie, uh, I am so grateful to have this conversation. I have not taken a talk to the animals class yet. And I think it's now going to be on my list for 2023. Um, thank you so much. Um, is there any last thing that you would love people to know about either talk to the animals or what's possible with animals or anything that's on top of your mind? (laughs) well i would say hey guys you know what if we actually really started to look at this whole thing with animals in general you know what if a lot of people make animals greater than us oh my animal is more aware my animal is more conscious my animal is wonderful i'm the idiot that is just as crazy as saying oh my animal is dumb my animal is you know i mean so what if we actually really started to look at what's real and true and allowed the animals to contribute to us um, and also us contribute to them and really looking at a world where we can change the way that we are treating each other in that regard and and that by the way doesn't mean that you have to become a vegetarian 
even animals that get slaughtered, there are so many more kind ways that we can go about this. And animals don't have a point of view about I'm being slaughtered, I'm a victim. That is not their point of view. Um, but the way that we are treating them basically oftentimes as a commodity, that's where it gets really weird. And that's where the energy gets really twisted and bizarre. So for me, the target would be that we really start to honor each other in this world and live together, you know, because we're all co-creating on this planet. And what if it's not about it's either us or them or what if we really get away from all that and really have a look at, okay, wait a minute, can we create a different reality here together, all of us, without coming to conclusion what that looks like? I have no idea what that looks like, but that's what I would like to create is just a different way of being with everybody on this planet, whether that's another person or plants or animals or landscape, it really doesn't matter. What if we started to really be that energy of honoring each other, you know? Yeah, um, yeah that's just basically it, so. Thank you so for much. Me, for me, for <laughs> me. Um, I do want to tell our listeners too, that they can get the talk to the animals book by Gary Douglas on Amazon. I do believe, right? Oh my God. And it's amazing. <laughs> Please, you guys, it's such a cool book. And, you know, um, actually your brother helped with it. So it's by both Gary and Dane yeah. actually. But um, so yeah, that book is phenomenal. And a lot of people use that book for all kinds of things. So yes, please. Cool. Um, so lastly, Susie, the question I ask everybody on the podcast is our show is called the power of being you. If you were to write the show's description, explaining what the power of being you is, what would you say? Well, I'm going to actually quote my dog, Charlie on this one, because just the other day, you know, I was being asked to talk about engagement and, um, and what Charlie would say about engagement and the power of being you is to really have a sense of you without ever doubting that. And I think that's the part where we so often jump into doubt. You know, a, a dog will never doubt himself. That's not part of the equation. You know, yes, your dog can have issues, but doubt is not one of them. Wow. So um, the power of you being you is really stop it. Stop the doubt. You know, it's okay if you make a mistake. It's okay, whatever you're doing. Just stop doubting you all day long and things are going to change. <laughs> mm, I love that. Thank you so much for your potency, your brilliance, and your kindness. Um, you. I'm very grateful for you. Uh, if our listeners would like to find out more about what Susie Gatsi is up to, where can they find that? I think the best place is the website, you know, susiegatsi.com. But I'm also Instagram, Susie Gatsi, Facebook, Susie Gatsi. So you can find me in different areas. Oh, and, awesome. and Sarah, I just want to say too, I mean, you're phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, you juggle so many things in your life. You are such a powerhouse. I really appreciate mm -hmm. being here with you and your podcast and everything. You are, yeah, you're such a gift in the world. So thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How do we get so lucky? I'm going to end this one with some tears welling up in my eyes. <laughs> thank, you. <laughs> thank you so much, my friend. And um, we'll see you guys next time on another episode of The Power of Being You. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to The Power of Being You podcast. 
If this conversation has been a contribution to you, please share, subscribe, or leave a review. For more information about Being You or to learn more about the amazing tools of Access Consciousness, you can go to www.accessconsciousness.com. How much fun can you have exploring the power that comes with truly being you?